Lumos. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I'm your host, Ezra, a.k.a. Bill, also known as Sir Ezra, the watchful history of magic professor, the flannel wizard, obviously. Yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, and my wonderful co-host and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Fleur. Einen wunderschönen guten Tag. We're so happy that you're here. Come on in and make yourself at home in our beautiful little cottage on the outskirts of Tinworth. This is episode number 73 of Shell Cottage Radio, and this week we talk about chapter 16 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Professor Trelawney's prediction. First of all, Happy New Year, Happy 2024. We are so excited, both for creative projects we're going to bring to you guys this year, as well as some personal goals and adventures. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed the holiday season with your loved ones and got some time to relax, unwind, and reflect. I know for us it was more time of uh, eating oranges and drinking hot lemon water. Just eating but... some oranges, inhaling up, having a little <laughs> bit. What else did you put in that lemon water? That was gold. Honey, yeah, honey. lemon, and... Sometimes ginger. Sometimes ginger. Yeah. So. Yeah. Healed me. Needed healed. Yeah. Still under the weather, but... It's okay. We made it into 2024. It's okay. We're here. It's <laughs> fine. Okay. This episode's chapter discussion was actually recorded in early December with our wonderful guest host, Rika. 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 I, it's funny because I always, uh, when I'm with you, I say Arna and Rika instead of Anna and Rika. 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 Yeah. Sounds just, it's, yeah. I mean beautiful <laughs> when okay. you say it <laughs> <laughs> okay Rika here we go today we have a linguistic expert with us Rika from Germany who recently became a Berliner will be sharing her thoughts on this chapter she studied translation in college and wrote her bachelor's thesis on translations of the Harry Potter books as always when we have a guest in the house we will skip the beast and catch up and instead take the time to learn more about our wonderful guest host so with no further ado, I welcome you to the cottage, Rike. Hi, thank you so much. <laughs> Hi, Rike. Glad to be here. Hi. Isn't this wild? I love this that we have Rika on here. So uh, just just so you guys know, this is is this our first inter this is our first international guest? I think so. I mean, this podcast has always been international, but now <laughs> we are international, international. Okay, I just want people to know that. Uh, we are we are speaking direct, we have a direct link to Germany right now, and it's amazing. Yes, we are super international because Rika, you um, are also in an international relationship, and you speak three languages or more. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I speak English, although I don't speak that as much. I speak German, uh, yeah, and Spanish. Yeah, and in school, I also had French and Latin, but you know. Both French and Latin, and now you learn Spanish. Wow, that's yes. amazing. I only had Latin in school, so I had seven or eight years of Latin because they had our school was a little bit special in that way, and I never had to take another language. So I only speak English and German, really, because Latin you don't really speak that. Yeah. And everyone here is yeah. always amazed. They all think, you know, you're European, you should le at least speak somewhat three languages and i'm like no i just know english and german really <laughs> uh hold on a second though yeah. we think that is amazing because <laughs> we don't start language um 
you know, education most people until seventh grade, eighth grade or something oh, yeah, like that. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, know, it's our, we're, you guys are in second, third grade when you started, I think, you know, so it's right. early, much yeah, earlier. I started English in third grade and then French in seventh, Latin yeah. in ninth and Spanish. Actually, I never had in school. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you okay. just taught yourself or did you take? Um, I did uh, a year abroad in Panama, like oh, you did in the US. Yeah. And then after school, I did a voluntary year thing in Mexico. Wow, that's that's amazing. That is awesome. So that's that's right on Spanish. Yeah. Never really <laughs> been to the South Americas. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, 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 wait. That's Central America, I think. Haven't you been? To, yeah, yeah. Haven't you been to Costa Rica? Costa Rica. Yeah, Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. I think Costa Rica they count. Is count? Does it count as South? Yeah, it's just north of um, yeah. Panama. Yeah. Okay. It really right. depends on your definition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> But hey, they speak Spanish there, so yeah, <laughs> they do, they do. Yeah, no, amazing. Uh, so how are you doing today? And introduce yourself to us, Rika. Who are you? What do you do? And how did you first get into Harry Potter and the Wizarding World? Um, I'm doing very well. Mm-hmm. It's the weekend, so that's good. Um, Berlin's really cold and slippery. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> Uh, the winter came very early this year, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, well, I'm I'm almost twenty seven. Yay! And I'm originally from the north of Germany, lived in the south uh, the past six years, and recently moved to Berlin a month ago. That's awesome for a new job. Uh, I'm a translator. Yes, so I've read that wow. is amazing because in 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 university I took. Um, one semester of translation because I studied English to become a teacher and that was one of the most fun classes I must say yeah yes I really enjoy it I really like that it's something practical mm-hmm. you can do so yeah. do you do um, more written translations or audio translations or like interpreting on the spot what do you what do you do uh, I, I only do written like I didn't study uh, interpreting oh, okay yeah mm-hmm. that's a whole different subject then it's a whole different thing. Like if you study interpreting, I'm sure you can translate written, but yeah. uh, it's a very interpreting is a very different skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I bet because I could. That's I mean sometimes we do that on the spot a lot when we're <laughs> visiting family. That's interpreting, yes. right? Yeah. But I I think yes. it's it's amazing because it's not just word for word translation. Even in translation, you don't really do that. You have to have a lot of context knowledge and do some research, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what kind yes. of what, what kind of texts are like typical text styles that you, or is it all kinds of different texts like advertisement, well, letters? Uh, right now I work at the Mexican embassy. You so. do? Wow. Um, Rika, who are you? What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. That's so, cool. so I translate like political things, but wow. also they have a big cultural department and yeah. like anything that needs translating. Question is the so would that embassy be is that near the like a, um, the Brandenburg Gate or is oh, yeah. that, are I they different him spots? Where we or? have a lot of embassies, but yeah, where's the Mexican mm-hmm. embassy in Berlin? Uh, yes, it's like in the Botschaftenviertel, like Nordische Botschaften Adenauer Stiftung. Um, is that the like Tiergarten? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Tiergarten is near where we we walked all around the Brandenburg Gate, and then yeah, Tiergarten's not too far. Yeah. Okay, 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 cool. Yeah, because yeah, I know some were like right there nearby, um, but then there were some that were kind of spread out a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I re- I remember um 
in school, I always saw the, was it, is the Chinese embassy Janowitzbrücke? Do you know? By any I chance? have no idea. I think so. And I remember for a while when I was ready to um, enroll in college, I was thinking about um, Asian studies, Chinese, Japanese, and Korean. So I applied mm. for Korean, Koreanistic in Hamburg. I applied for Japanese and English of Lehramt for becoming a teacher in Köln and then in Chinese wow. studies in Berlin. And I got accepted for all of them, but I didn't. I decided not to do it. I was afraid to do it because I thought, you um, know, when you have, when you're scared to do something because you think as a young person, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. here you are. I mean, you're a translator. You're working at the MC. That's awesome. I think it's always cool. so cool and inspiring to meet people from different fields and learn about what they do. And there's also nothing wrong with having, like, you know, one of the classic jobs. But also, it's it's so fun to, to just meet people from different yeah, fields. It's, yeah, it's a great opportunity to work there. Do you travel a lot or do you? is it more like an office? No, it's job? an office job, basically. I also, like, I do different stuff. Like, uh, there's not enough translation to do that the whole day mm -hmm. also do some like other things cool yeah, yeah. well congratulations yeah. on your job there <laughs> yeah thank you so. yeah yes yeah. and you translate it so now getting into the harry potter stuff you said for your bachelor's thesis you decided to translate or to write about the translations of the harry potter books um so leading yeah. up to that uh how did you ever like why did you decide to do that and how did you even get into the harry potter books well, is that how I got into Harry Potter? Mm -hmm. Yes. Because that's the chronological order yes. of everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I used to only watch the movies when I was yeah. little yeah. or like younger. <laughs> and also um, the fifth one was the first I was allowed to watch in the movies. Like the other ones, my mom didn't let me. Yeah. So that has a special place in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, yeah. And I was a little stupid. I was like, oh, I love the movies so much. I don't want to read the books because I know books are always better than the movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And oh. I didn't want to ruin the movies for me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. Mm -hmm. But then uh, I was in Panama and my computer broke down and I needed something to do. And I started reading Harry Potter. So the first time I read the whole books was in Spanish. Wow. What? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's, That's kind of wild. <laughs> And that's so I was 16 so all the movies had already been out and yeah then I just 16, fell in love okay. with the books yeah did that also spark your interest for translation in general it did like in general not only like not reading the Harry Potter books but mm -hmm. like I always knew languages were my thing yeah. and yeah. I mean also in Latin class all you do is translate and yeah I always, <laughs> <always> <laughs> like that <laughs> and yeah that's basically I think that's when I decided Wow. Yeah, you really love the Harry Potter books, and then, um, what made you decide to to write your thesis about that topic? Um, really, I I had to write a thesis, which I didn't love. Yeah, but I was. <laughs> I think a lot of us can relate. <laughs> but uh, then I wanted to do something like to make it a little bit better for me, so I chose to do something with Harry Potter. And in general, Harry Potter is often used in mm -hmm. linguistics and translation studies, actually, as like a subject of interest right okay and it's and one of the most translated books in the world right that as well i think yeah and so i compared the german and the spanish translations 
but only of the first book and like only you have to go like very narrow mm-hmm. when you do a thesis yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and so i only looked at the like the creative words like all the world building things of harry potter and in the end like the outcome was there's there's differences but not not significantly but it was still interesting to do so yeah kind of fun that's so cool i'm what do you call the word i mean it's not exactly i I love the word flabbergasted even though that doesn't fit quite i mean yeah no i'm I'm flabbergasted by all you guys like i am always just sort of like wow that if you're not like a language person you're you you hear that a language person you know that you were a linguist you reading teacher you yes yes greek and latin roots true 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 i do yeah just in the yeah uh as as they relate to my own language yes (laughs) which i guess yeah that's kind of yeah you're you're I see what you're, you're talking. About. Yeah, it's like you're you're looking at how it's translated, the original words, the world, the world building, and then you yeah. know how how that sort of yeah, uh, like yeah. I had a framework of like you can translate like cultural terms mm-hmm. certain ways. Like okay. you can keep them, you can translate them completely or like halfway. And yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cultures, yeah. What and the names also sometimes names often are kept right, but is it yeah, so I didn't look at proper names because that's a whole different thing. Yeah. In linguistics, like proper names of people. Yeah. Of people, yeah. Um, yeah. Or places like, you know, Hogsmeade, Ho- Hogwarts. That was just when you were a kid and in, in German you read it, you're just like, oh, that's a name. I don't, it doesn't have a, it doesn't carry a meaning really when you don't know English. Because, yeah. you know, when you were like 10, 11, your English level is not really that. And then later you notice what it actually means in, in english and you're like, oh. like especially especially hogwarts like I, it still doesn't have a meaning to me when i hear it it's yeah same same yes. yes yeah that's so funny did it yeah we can ask the native speaker did, does so how does hogwarts sound to you first it's just a name yeah no yeah at first it's just, just like it, disney castle doesn't honestly really at first anything. yeah when you hear it um when you're first introduced you're like hogwarts cool it's just, it, you don't even break apart the two <laughs> yeah parts to that or how it's formed it's just uh yeah it's a proper noun it's just this is the thing yeah. and this is what it's called yeah okay. so you're like okay that's that's it but i, I am interested like I wonder because I was just looking up. I'm I'm doing a unit on on what are called idioms with my students and talking about like it's raining cats and dogs or the phrases that you might read in an English text and then how do those tra- you know translating mm. things that are figurative um, in in terms of like an like an idiom which is hard for even sometimes yep. our yep. own students to like understand the device the author is using and then that you know carries into like another culture yeah. and how the person mm. decides to in you know translate that if there is there a similar you know idiom that would almost be the equivalent of it or is it just the same is it just a direct word for word kind of translation i think it's now i'm looking into it i'm like that's kind of fascinating to think about how a text is is translated and who determines you know how that breaks down yeah i don't know it's cool yeah it's super interesting also like noticing when the translator doesn't notice yeah (laughs) you know like you there's an expression in German. I'm pretty sure I don't know it right now. For rainy, it's raining cats and dogs, and yeah. it's not, it's not as regnet katzen und hunde. Yeah, but you mm. might find someone who just translates it, literally. Yeah, yeah. and they don't think about. You yeah. could consider wrong. Yes, you know? yeah, because it's a cultural meaning. Yeah, yeah. And that's a whole theory like shining through effect, uh, where you can notice that a text is translated because the source language shines through. 
Oh. Okay. That's interesting because, I mean, not to get all crazy, like uh, that people talk about like the the Bible, for example, and how mm-hmm. it's been translated and then original meaning and things from its culture, uh, you know, that how that kind of carries over and stuff like that. That's just interesting to think about. Because um, mm-hmm. the you, Bible is yeah. extra special because it's originally in a language that, no, yeah. like it's not originally in Latin, I think. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and no, so not at all. It's, it's gone through so many different, yeah. you know, um, translations yeah. or whatever. So it's sort of like that's why, yeah, it's, that's wild to think about the person who decided to do the translating and making those decisions right there. Then it affects everybody else who sort of got the translation. That person's really kind of important in terms of what they knew about both cultures on either side, right? And I mean, absolutely. Wow. Wow. So the. New Testament, I didn't know, was written originally in Greek, but I think the old was written in biblical Hebrew and Aramaic. Aramaic, probably, mm-hmm. yeah, probably, probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild though, yeah. Which are very different language. I mean, Greek is well, kind of closer, but Hebrew is very, very, very different. Very, isn't it? yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I, I just remember um, when I was little, I used to read like manga and stuff. Yeah. And when they had, because they're translated from Japanese. Right. And so many times you had little footnotes explaining a whole mm. phenomenon. I was reading Dragon Ball and they had <laughs> something about the bunny and the moon. And that was then you had a whole footnote explaining the tale of the bunny and the moon a rabbit in the moon or something like that. That is a Japanese tale. Oh. And why they said that. Because otherwise it wouldn't make sense to a reader. And I thought it was... It's funny. The bunny in the moon is also a tale in Latin America, I think. Oh, is it? Sure. Okay. Oh, wow. That's yeah. so cool. I just remembered that. I don't know. Well, think about in the, in the Wizarding World. Ron's always sort of like, babbity rabbity, you know? Oh, I know. Not, like, you know, like these tales that are kind of there that are... Wait, you don't know babbity rabbity. <laughs> yeah, breakdowns between different cultures and stuff. So, yeah. 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 It's okay. cool. cool. Did not think we we're going to get into all that. That I is know. really, I've never thought about it until you just, just now, like a, how things are translated and how important that person is to do that. So, yeah, especially also for the author, you know, like if you write yeah, a you, book and someone translates it, translates it, you can't really, and you don't speak the language yourself, you can't really tell that they could do a good job. So you really have to trust them. I wonder, yeah. do the authors get to. Well, not really, probably. It's just the um, publisher who decides who gets to translate, right? They hire a translator for the book. Probably. I don't know. Probably. I don't really know the literally literary translation yeah. world. Yeah. I'm not sure how it works. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah, we could uh, keep talking about this topic, I think, for a whole episode. But um, let's move on and um, learn about your hogwarts profile uh so first of all the first thing i noticed when you took a sip of your tea or coffee not sure what it is um said i love your cup tell us about your hogwarts house i'm a hufflepuff and there's glühfrucht in my cup is that wait is that tea or is that um the glühwein It's the glue wine for children, so no wine. Oh, that okay. Oh, see, uh, uh, I'm I'm drinking the Turkisha Apfel von Tekana mm-hmm. because uh, I asked my cousin. They came over a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "I'm craving German tea. Please bring me some Tekana tea." <laughs> really? And she brought me like three or four packs, so now I'm happy. Yeah, this is like a syrup thing you fill up with oh, water. Okay, okay, you get okay. it in the in the farmhouse and stuff like that. Oh, so uh, 
Rike is already getting ready for the Weihnachtsmarkt for the Christmas yeah. holiday. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I cannot wait to go back to the um, just any Christmas market that we there and get some Glühwein. Yeah. What did I have the one time? Some sort of green. It was like sausage and there was some Grünkohl. Yeah, that's, it? that's um, kale. Kale like cooked. Cooked kale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some greens, yeah. solid. It was so, so magical. Honestly, that is something that the the Christmas markets there are so daggone magical. But that's yeah. Yes. Also, gotta say, Hufflepuffs, let's go. You know, I might just start exclusively bringing Hufflepuffs <laughs> we on this podcast. Having a segment with only Hufflepuffs and inviting Katie. a great a great puff council, you know, and just awesome, have yes. all all Hufflepuffs. Who talk about things from a Hufflepuff perspective? Um, yeah, I think it needs to happen. I will speak to to, to Katie and see because there's so many. I just feel like it's such a you know it, I don't know no, nobody really until Cedric. I mean Hufflepuff is just dissed on, and we are actually like the best house. We're good. We're good with everybody, and we are like we have such a good perspective on. I don't know. I mean, I'm just sort of. Tooting her own horn, but I mean, it's just. <laughs> I we're love Hufflepuffs. Hufflepuffs. We're very humble, and we don't like. To yeah, we're very <laughs> humble. Actually, we're the best. We we're kind of awesome, but you know, we don't want to say you know that you guys aren't awesome. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think we've only had have we had well, we've had some swish and flicks, so we've had every house represented technically because we had Megan who was a Slytherin. Well, and we had Angel Angelina. Oh, Angelina's a Slytherin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, Angelina. You know, maybe it's, I have a bad. I have a bad sort of. Um, le- I'm trying to get over my the 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 Slytherin lens that we are kind of forced into in the first couple books because we are forced into like seeing them as like mm, not not you know not so great and they're amazing and it's yeah, like we've we had people on Slytherin who perspective gotta get past that. But you know what? I think we haven't had Gryffindors really. Have we had no Gryffindor? Really? Have we had Gryffindor? I am fine with that. I will go on record <laughs> saying that they are. It's House Gryffindor is overrated. Okay. <laughs> they get anyway. enough attention as it is. They do. <laughs> they do. So okay, cool. So yeah, Hufflepuff. We got uh, Rika's Hufflepuff. Yeah, standard question when you answer your house is Hufflepuff. Did, have you seen Puffs the play? And I know it's difficult though in German in Germany to access. So. Yeah, so I have not like yeah. I googled it at some point, but never followed up. It's yeah. so funny. You should, and I, I, I don't know if it's still there. Um, I even forget what the website is called. But I remember when I tried to watch it, Amazon says okay, it's not available in your country in Germany. But then I went to a different website. I'm trying to think what it was. Some kind of website where you see plays, like theater plays, right? Um, recorded. And I signed up for a free trial month just to just to watch watch it. puffs. Uh, yeah, you know, I have to look it up again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to. If we if we if we get a chance, I don't know if this is illegal or not. I'm sure it is. I'm about to say this, but I mean, you know, if it's if, 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 <laughs> yeah. if it's if it's on a flash drive and I I smuggle it into the country, <laughs> you know, yeah, know. Oh, I'm just kidding. Sorry, take all that back. Um, but no, it's important that people see it. My gosh, I don't it know is, why. Yeah, it is so daggone hilarious. It just makes you laugh for two hours straight. Yeah. So yeah, just keep keep it yeah, on your mind. If it ever you shows up, then Rika, yeah. Yeah, just by listening to your guys' podcast and Swish and Flick, I already do reference it. <laughs> okay, good. In my head. Yeah. So I really think I should watch it. Yes. yes. That'd be a great um, yeah, like Christmas activity actually to do <laughs> over the holidays. Um 
Do you think you have a second house and which one would it be? Mm, so I took the test several times. Mm -hmm. I stick with Hufflepuff as my primary house, but I also got Ravenclaw and Slytherin. Oh, okay. Never go <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. So one of those two. Yeah. I would say sure. just based on everything you've said with all the translation stuff and the, the, the word knowledge, the language knowledge that you guys have, sounds I would say Ravenclaw. Like Ravenclaw. Like sounds Not that Slytherins can't, you know, right. do no. that, but no. it's, yeah. Just I love that because that would be flipped. Uh, Huffleclaw. Yeah, Huffleclaw. Yeah. 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 I'm a Ravenpuff. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, have you ever thought about what your animagus form would be? Ooh. Uh, I chose one when the quiz wasn't online. Yeah. And yeah. that was a, a tree kangaroo because they were quirky and funny. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's so That's cute. cool. That would be but, so uh, awesome. Then I also did the thing on Pottermore and it was yeah. a Newfoundland dog, which I also love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, your Patronus. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Did, don't you have a hound? Yeah, I have English a Irish wolfhound. Irish, or something. Irish wolf, wolf yeah. Hound. Yeah. Yours was a horse, right? Yours was a Yeah, I have a mare. Mare. Yeah. yeah. Um hmm. quick question. This reminds me of his dark materials. Have you seen that show? They're called in a compass, but they have a new show. And they have oh, yeah. they all have animal companions, which is like the animals rep represent a part of their soul even, but they're like little companions. Everyone has one in that world. And they remind you of like, you know, your little Patronus who always like is with you. Um, and I love that. I wish you could just have your Patronus out all the time. You yeah. know, do, do they do they vanish after a while? Is that or can you keep them out? Is <laughs> the question because they send them to send messages. I just thought, of some, oh, my gosh. <laughs> So, you know, because this is, sorry, we got a little side tangent here, but like in that it's um, his dark materials, they're, they're demons or they're demons yeah. or whatever they're called. Uh, they are like in some worlds, they don't have one. And it's sort right. of like internal, right? Yeah. So I think Enrique, when we started this whole thing, heard me, heard my demon or whatever it was speaking in a very, the silly voice that comes out. That's not, <laughs> That's there's true. two of me. Like, it is so wild, and I was doing something, I don't know, like, I didn't even realize she was in, and I was just like, where's your thing over here, blah, 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 just doing, like, my weird voice that I do sometimes. I'm like, oh, my God, did Rika just hear that? Um, oh, well, you know, it comes out on the podcast sometimes, and I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know until editing, I'm like, did I do that? Like, what happened? So, I, it, would be, it would be amazing to me if I had, like, my little, you know, either Patronus or whatever you would, what spirit animal yeah, spirit. just chilling here and it talked to me that way. <laughs> oh, so that cool. would be so cool. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, dog. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, yeah. You're, you kind of answered that question earlier, I think. But what is your favorite book or movie? And they can be different. They can be the same. <laughs> so, my favorite movie is Out of the Phoenix. Yeah. Because of the nostalgia connected to that and it also used to be my favorite book for a long time but yeah. now um goblet of fire is my favorite yeah because out of the phoenix is just triggering for my anxiety a little bit yeah yeah so and goblet of fire is a really good book yeah. it is and we yeah. can't we already talk about it can't wait. so many times and i think we say that in every book once you're like halfway through they're like oh, i can't wait for the next book but um yeah we yeah. can't we we are so excited to cover 
Goblet of Fire. And definitely, yeah, if you have like any cool thoughts and you want to, you know, choose a chapter in Goblet of Fire, that'd be so fun because yeah. it's your favorite yeah, book. I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, I'm for Goblet of Fire. I'm really sad that I watched the movie before I read yeah. the book. Yes, because it's so. I mean, because of the plot twist, right? Yeah. It's it's such it's. I mean, I think a couple of weeks ago I realized again that Barty Crouch Senior was actually under the Imperious curse for the whole time for the whole thing, and then you forget yeah, that. I forget that. I you was completely like... forget that, and so it's it's so important in, to the character because we analyze the character yeah. for a short, and it just blew my mind that it's the movie doesn't do the book justice at all, and I don't know. I think I feel like the movie writers either they they didn't ca- catch it themselves really like that little detail or they just thought well it's too much to explain in visuals so let's just pretend I think or it's, omit it completely yeah i think it's a really hard storyline to put into a movie yeah, yeah yeah so but still i mean the movie is entertaining to watch and i remember mm-hmm. at yeah. that age um we were all like into oh my god look at the hair it's so cute and now i look <laughs> at it i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> Yeah, so but it was a fun movie to watch. <laughs> yeah. Cool, yeah. So we have Order of the Phoenix and Goblet of Fire are your two favorites. And do you have a favorite character of the series? Your favorite? Luna. 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 Yes. yes. She's yeah. an all-time favorite. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, yeah, I just love her. Mm. Do yeah. you wish we could have gotten more Luna before Order of the Phoenix? Or is that okay that she showed up so late because we needed some new characters to be introduced in the later half of the series? Mm, I think it's all right because, like, had we met her in, like, her first year, I think she would be seen as the very annoying kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we meet her later when she's already, like, a little older and yeah. she's still weird, yeah. but, like, more accepted yes. in a sense. And you almost wonder, sorry, did you want to say something? No, I was, well, yeah, I agree that it's like, she's more, um, our character's mature. And yeah. then, so when they see her, it's like, there's more of this maturity. Because uh, we already had to deal with Ron, not like he's one of the best characters. I mean, they're dissing on Hermione and she ends up being yeah. like, awesome. Yeah, could we could we have handled um, <laughs> Ron and Harry, uh, mainly Ron, uh, just Bumping sort of. into Luna. When yeah, and going on, like, come on. Man, we already, you know, have to give him a pass on the Hermione situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if Luna has always been um, so confident in her own personality or if she also struggled more when she was younger and just started Mm -hmm. Hogwarts. But she gives you the vibes of just being... Sorry, I didn't want to... I answer my own questions. You go ahead, Rico. (laughs) No, I think we were about to say the same thing. Like, I think she, like, her father did a good job in my headcanon of, mm-hmm. like, assuring her in herself. So yeah. I think she already, she always was. But I'm sure, like, in the first Hogwarts year, she was very sad a lot because mm-hmm. she also wanted to make friends. And I think by the time we meet her, she just uh, made her peace with being who she is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. True. Yeah. Okay. Um. Do you have a character, and this can be, again, the same one or a different one. Do you have a character you identify most with? I think it would be a mix of Luna and Tonks. Oh, those are two of my very favorite wow. characters, yes. That's a great combo. Yeah. I mean, really. I Because I, 
man in the fandom too like every time we do like a little video or whatever anything we do that's luna based or tonks based people just love yep love and they i so yeah it's, it's a great combo to yeah, identify like, with. i think they are both very sure of themselves mm. and like don't really care what the others think yeah they're not afraid to be themselves or to be different from what society at least yeah. perceives as normal yeah, yeah. and I'm, uh, it sounds like really strange to say that but i think i am like that so i don't yeah. super care what that's awesome yes what most people and think. I, f I feel like nowadays it's just more and more accepted to to just be yourself and to be there's so many things you can be interested mm -hmm. in and i feel like it's less becoming less and less of a thing to to what's the word like conform to everything else, yeah. like society and yeah, the, yeah. Or just embrace yeah. that everyone has their own interests and, and see that as something positive to mm -hmm. yeah, for society. Yep. Yeah. Cool. I love so Tonks, I can't wait for Tonks to be to do a more detailed character analysis of her book character because I often catch mm -hmm. myself having so many movie memories of Tonks and and, and there I, aren't even many. Yeah, and there aren't even so many, but I remember I loved her in the books and I did a little dance when I learned that she and Lupin were going to be a thing because I wanted them to, I don't know, I, they were two of my favorite characters and I could never think, like, I thought, no, nah, they, you know, it was, it would just be a cool thing if they ever, like, be, would be friends or more than friends and then mm. they actually were a thing and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I thought, well, they were just meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay, so um, we have two trivia questions for today. The first one is going to be asked by my lovely husband. He's going to ask both of us. And then the second question, I'm going to ask both of you guys. Okay. Mainly you, Rika. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Wait, have I? Uh, uh, yeah. I, okay. So the one I have here is kind of a joke. You ready? Yeah. And it has to do with this chapter. Okay. All right. So... The question is, and I think the evidence in this chapter tells us exactly the answer to this, but like, what is Peter Pettigrew's favorite drink? Oh. Favorite <laughs> drink. His you know? favorite drink. So, and I, I just, if you think about where in which he scampers off to and where we find him, uh, any, any, any guesses? I just thought about a cool... Um name if uh, peter ever wanted to um make his own beer or brew his own beer company yeah. it would be peter petty brew <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay okay lottie um yeah good one good one good one anyway okay i will let rika answer this one <laughs> do you remember would you remember where we found him I'm like, I'm thinking if you mean the general place or the exact place in the general place where we find him. The exact place in the general place that we find him. <laughs> so the exact, the exact place that we find him. Um, that so, so his favorite drink is like milk or something? Yes. <laughs> I mean, there's no way <laughs> I find him. <laughs> Why would he be in... That milk, what was he doing in there? I know. What was he, like, Hermione goes and grabs it, and she's about to pour it out or get them some, a glass of milk or something. I don't even know. And he's in there? Yeah. 
First of all, terrifying, by the way. Imagine if that were like one of our containers that was uh, not see-through and not glass, and you just started pouring, and a, and a daggone rat just uh -huh. came out in your in your milk. Oh. Like, yeah. what? That's disgusting. <laughs> that and uh, the fact that he was just, what, chilling, hiding in there, sipping on some milk, living it up, maybe floating around, it just, yeah. So I now yeah. believe that he has an obsession with uh well the question is milk. though did he was he hiding in the empty milk jug and was mind mm. getting a new one to pour milk in there so they have a milk jug or was that because otherwise wouldn't you think hope the milk would be in the well they don't have do they, hey, they don't ha do, what? I, hey hang on hang on do they have fridges i don't know I, I they a cold box or something do they have fridges at hogwarts how do they keep their stuff I mean, Wood fridges work because electric stuff. Right, doesn't. they don't work at Hogwarts. Yeah, it's probably a cold box. It's probably like one of those. How do you keep your milk from magic? Magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some magic. The, the the house elves are dealing with it, and you know, I maybe I misunderstood that he was not actually in the milk, but it seemed like he was in up the milk bottle to pour so there's a milk bottle to pour some into the jug okay here here we go Cl close reading before we even okay. do the summary okay silent tears were now streaming down in hermione's face but she did them uh, she hid them from hagrid bustling around making tea then as she picked up the milk bottle to pour some into the jug she let out a shriek ron i don't believe it at scabbers ron gave to her what are you talking about hermione carried the milk jug over to the table and turned it upside down so she was about to milk bottle in one hand pour that into the jug and in the jug that's empty is scabbers okay you sure <laughs> all right all right i just felt like she's making tea and all i all to me i'm like she's making tea and then she's about to pour milk into her tea so yeah. i'm thinking so okay all right but i think you might not be wrong close I mean, enough it though it feels like peter would be one of the people i don't know what person would like drink as her uh, milk as her favorite drink but yeah you just I'm... asked light is like right before the show got any trivia questions <laughs> i was like i don't know where was peter <laughs> what, was, what was all pedigree up to oh that's a good question uh, yeah. and i really wonder yeah sometimes be interesting to think more about yeah what did, you know he's kind of a villain and it's like what is his favorite drink does he have a favorite you know something that he enjoys but mm. <laughs> I really don't like to think about Peter Pettigrew. Right, yeah. I know, I know. I, I like to force people to to do things like that. Well, They're like, as come on. Let's think about another very lovely person that we all like. Okay. Okay. Um, second question: What is Buckbeak's executioner's full name? Oh, I think I only know one of his names. I think. I know his last name. Right, I think I know his last name. Okay, Rika, can you tell us his last name? It's McNair, yeah. right? Zegut. Yeah. Very yeah. good. And Zegut. he has a first name that I don't think, I don't know, I, I think it's funny. I think it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit? Uh, wait, is it? Uh, what's it start with? W. William? No. Um. Walter? Uh, you're close. <laughs> it's Walden. Walden. Very good, Rika. Walden? Walden McNair. <laughs> Walden McNair. <laughs> All right. Find Walden. <laughs> Find, yeah, where is Walden? Where is Walden? Gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we don't like to think about him much because, no. you know, it was this predetermined situation where, well, not really. I guess they had the hearing and then they bring him out. But I just remember the movie scene where he's like, yeah. 
uh, cleaning his axe. And, like, and why is he wearing all that? He looks ridiculous. I know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like from the really from the medieval ages, and he just looks very very normal in this. Yeah, book. You, you know what I saw that I I used to think too. Filch probably saw it and was. <laughs> Filch is out there like, oh, bring back the good days. Like, what is wrong with him? Remember in the first book when he was just like trying to scare the kids? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy old guy. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. So McNair. All right. McNair. Walden McNair. We learned something. Um. <laughs> all right. That's it for trivia? Oh, that's it for trivia today. Okay. Uh, would you like me to go through? Rika, are you ready? We're going to dive into the chapter. Yep. Head first. Okay. Head first. Here we go. Chapter 16, Professor Trelawney's Prediction Harry is still wearing rose-colored glasses after winning the Quidditch Cup, almost skipping through the corridors of Hogwarts. He's feeling happier and more cheerful than ever. Winning the Cup has now become one of his strongest happy memories in his repertoire. But the exams are approaching fast, and soon everybody's seen inside studying, even the Weasley twins. Especially Hermione is undergoing a time of enormous stress as she's preparing for more exams than anybody else. Ron even notices that she has several double bookings on her exam schedule that don't seem to match up at all. But their minds are taken off of the upcoming exam week for a moment, when they receive a letter that Buckbeak's appeal will be on their last day of testing. The letter also infers that the executioner is already scheduled to come to Hogwarts that same day. It sounds like there isn't much hope for the appeal after all. Nevertheless, exam week begins, and Harry, Ron, Hermione, and the others have to sweat through transfigurations, charms, and astronomy assessments. During their Care for Magical Creatures exam, everyone gets some time to breathe. Hagrid didn't seem to have the headspace to come up with actual tasks to test their skills. All they have to do is watch that their flubberworm is not dead by the end of the exam time. Next up, they have potions, history, and defense against the dark arts. Lupin challenges his third years with an obstacle course of dark creatures they have to defend themselves against. Harry finishes Lupin's test with the highest marks. On the way to their last exam, the friends run into the Minister of Magic and two other ministry officials, including the Executioner. Ron shows some nerves when he tells Cornelius Fudge directly to his face that it ain't over yet. He has prepared some good arguments to Buckbeak's defense. With their minds already on Buckbeak's appeal, Harry and Ron run up to their last exam, divination. Harry is the very last student to be called up into Trelawney's attic. During the test, he claims that he sees a hippogriff in the crystal ball, but it is safely flying away instead of being beheaded. Professor Trelawney is not impressed, and disappointed she sends Harry away. But then the professor suddenly seems to have some sort of fit. Her eyes start rolling, and in a strange voice, she makes a prediction about the Dark Lord's servant returning to his master tonight. She foresees the Dark Lord will rise again. When Trelawney wakes up from her trance, she has no memory of her prediction at all. Bewildered, Harry sprints down to tell Ron and Hermione, but before he can say anything to them, they inform him that Buckbeak already lost his appeal and is going to be executed by Sunset. The three friends know they need to go be with Hagrid right now. Hermione volunteers to get the invisibility cloak from the secret passageway. The trio waits until the entry hall is deserted at sunset, and hidden under the cloak they hurry over to Hagrid's cabin. Hagrid is absolutely beside himself, and confirms in a trembling voice that there's nothing they can do. Hermione wants to stay with Hagrid, but Hagrid won't allow it, and is about to send the trio back. Then out of nowhere, Hermione lets out a shriek when she discovers Scabbers in one of Hagrid's milk jugs. 
Ron is over the moon to see his rat alive and somewhat well. Yet Hagrid urges them to leave as he can see Dumbledore and the Ministry officials approaching. The kids sneak out the back door while the adults are entering the hut through the front door. After catching a last glance at Buckbeak in the pumpkin patch, Ron, Harry, and Hermione, disguised in the cloak, start running up the slope lawn to the castle. Before they can reach the school, however, Ron has to stop to force Scabbers back into his pocket. The rat is squealing and biting as if he's gone mad. Suddenly they hear a swishing noise, which, no doubt, must have been the sound of the executioner's axe. So, this is a jam-packed chapter. Before we get any other thoughts in, we want to hear, uh, Rika, what did you think about this chapter and what are your... Big takeaways. Big takeaways, yeah. One of my really big takeaways is that the astronomy exam is on like Tuesday night and Wednesday morning they have another exam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they're up super late, yeah. Yeah, and... true. You're like, right. Like the, astronomy lessons and exams never made sense to me. Right. You're right. It they should have always to be, be the last one. Yeah, they have to be up all night, right? And and look at the stars. You are completely right. I mean, and then Hermione's already exhausted. <laughs> She's already exhausted. So poor thing, you know. But that is wild. I never thought about that. The astronomy um, thing. That is one of the things that um, Hogwarts could improve. In their their exam uh, schedule, exam schedule and other educational um, adjustments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And th- is this the first year they start astronomy, right? Or no? no have they they've no, always no, had no. it. They've had it before. I love I love the idea of in the movie. Yeah, I I love that this is a, a class though because I've yeah. always thought like I really would. I used to have a telescope and I thought it'd be cool to go out and and I did a few times see a few <clears throat> distant planets and stuff, but. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a cool class. That makes you wonder if there is some crossover projects with astronomy and divination. Probably, maybe. Because it feels like... At least, at least when Firenze is a teacher, he mm-hmm. uses like the stars and everything. Right. Yeah, a lot of it. It's almost like, you know, in, in how you... In, when you study science, physics, you need a lot of math in it. So it feels like maybe yeah. you include a lot of what you've learned in astronomy in your... um divination class yeah good point rika that was like i just marked it in my book <laughs> and then i mean the other big thing is obviously the the prediction yeah, yeah. i was excited when you uh said we were going to do this chapter because i recently thought a lot about trelawney uh before i just always i don't know didn't think much about it just thought he, she was a fraud Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's what the like book is trying to tell <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. And like I don't know, I have a thing when I think a teacher isn't competent, they lose my respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I Oh, I'm sweating right now cuz I'm sort of like what if Rika were in my class and she's like <laughs> uh, Mr. Kirk. Mr. Kirk sucks. Harry Kirk has no idea what he's talking about up there. It's like eh, there's probably some of them more or they're, you know, don't have them as locked in as I, I'd like. I <laughs> and then there are some days where I'm just like, guys, get in here. We got stuff to do. Sit I down, know. get out, you know. Um, but no, it is interesting when you have a really good student who comes in and they're yeah. like really solid and they're yeah. expecting it. I'm like, oh boy. 
like it's not even that mm, like when you notice that someone is really in the subject and knows about it and everything's good yeah yeah, yeah. but sometimes i don't know oh it's you can say it. a little difficult for me yeah uh, i'm sure you guys aren't like that <laughs> no 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 I, I totally get it because it's a difference if you know someone's passionate about it and they just you ask them yeah. a question and they're like oh hmm, i haven't you know i better look this up because i don't want to give you any false information on yeah. this it's very different from someone who's then trying to make something up and uh oh yeah well trying yeah. To and and also if you if you yeah because you can see some of the professors that we meet in in the series like that are really passionate about their their subject or whatever is it's it's cool it's really it there's a there's confidence there's like a respect between the students and then that that teacher like even though McGonagall is stern she knows her stuff yes. right and she so respect it, yeah. yeah you can get so like Snape a, yeah and the thing is with him that's I think why why Hermione is still mm-hmm. so locked in even though she's in like this whole rudeness abuse and whatever but it's like he does he's a you know content expert right and so you're kind of like wanting to get that information from him because you're a good student and you're trying to um, learn as much as you can. So, but yeah, I do. I mean, I hate to say this, but I mean, I've worked with a lot of different, I've worked in a big school district and I know what you're talking about, Rika. I'll just say that. That's all I need to say. Uh, it's well, different let, styles. Yeah. Let me quote this from the last chapter oh. where she says, the fates have informed me that your examination in June will concern the orb and I am anxious to give you sufficient practice. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's the, legit the though. The authorities have informed me. <laughs> the authority, they, you're right. And it doesn't Hermione like say out loud back to her something. She's uh, pretty upset. She's, well, or. Honestly, <laughs> the fates have informed her. Who sets the exam? She does. What an amazing prediction. <laughs> well, I'm mocking her teacher. Yeah. You know, it is it is crazy. It's unfortunate because there's so many things about Trelawney, and I want to get Rika's thoughts on this, but that like, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, even Dumbledore dismisses her and it's not, it's, she doesn't have, a, it's almost like she got like a natural talent and she's she may have this gift, but her ability to communicate it or to instruct upon it is not, as great like maybe, maybe you're a music teacher and you're really great at music but then how you deliver like you can sing you can do all that you're talented mm-hmm. but then your ability to kind of help other people reach different various levels in that field is not that yeah or how great. to explain things yeah around that. yeah for example i would never be a teacher like i know i yeah. can't teach <laughs> yeah i mean th- there are some people like it's a, you when I started my my college program, we had people who were going into it. They're like, I really like learning, really like education, very talented, very into, you know, whatever your feels might be, like if it's translation or, or whatever it is. And they think, okay, I want to, because, okay, for example, like uh, science or social studies or math, you may be really good at those things and think, I love this and I'm going to go be a teacher in this area. Get into the classroom, find out, ah, I just really like this and yeah. I am not so sure that... I know how to teach a bunch of kids who don't like this. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's the hardest part. It's fun to teach kids who want to learn about it. It's not well. That's a hard part of the job is to convince the kids who have no interest at all to sit in your class. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, well, and then so in that situation, it's like there were kids who were really locked into Trelawney, though. We we I think yes. we're really close to Hermione, and so we forget about Lavender and who else is it? Um, Pavardi, Pavardi, yep, and some mm-hmm. others who are like locked into this teacher and think like she's she's legit. So the other day, Lottie shared a meme or whatever, and it was like it was somebody who was up there teaching, 
and there were three individuals that were still kind of following oh, along yeah. with the lesson, right? <laughs> I forget what that was. But as a teacher, sometimes you're teaching 30 kids. And um, I don't know what it was, but like it's... Well, he's like the DJ up there. He's a DJ. You know, a cool song playing right. in the background. And, and there's only like three people down there like, dancing, you, know, you know, really into the music or whatever. Yeah. And, and you're like, okay, for those three people, I'm still locked in. I feel like with Trelawney, that's that's sort of her. She's got a couple yeah. people still kind of locked in uh, to her lesson and they're they're doing their thing, um, celebrating, getting something from it. And her mind is like, this is a waste of time. I am I'm yeah. done with this. So. Yeah, so so that was like how I always thought of her. But yeah. recently, I'm like, I just thought about how tragic of a character she is. Yeah, like no one believes her, and yet she's very strong because she sticks to her stuff. Yeah, true. You oh, true. She doesn't. Wow. She doesn't change yeah. herself or much how like... other people think of her. Mm-hmm. Yes, much like Luna, isn't it? Yep, 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 yep. In a different way. Yeah. But still yeah. admirable to her where people keep calling her and she knows. I mean, we always get the hints in last chapters, um, mm-hmm. in the last chapter where Hermione makes that remark and, you know, Harry and Ron are kind of like, oh, did she hear that? But she seems like she's just brushing over it and keeping on. She keeps going with her mm-hmm. class, but probably she did and she does hear that. Not just in Harry, Ron's and Hermione's class, but... Yeah, and yeah. a lot of other classes. I mean, can you imagine the Weasley yeah. twins in divination? <laughs> oh Lord, yeah, no. <clears throat> Pl- plenty of jokes to be made, and that's the thing. I actually, so Rika brings up a really interesting point. I'd never thought about. I always think about Trelawney in terms of like, is she a true seer? Can she see mm-hmm. things? And what are all of her little predictions that that come right? And they, they do these validate her, etc. But when you look at her as somebody who just doesn't care as much, you know, she does. I mean, all of us have feelings and stuff. We we care about like, you know, what to, to some degree what people say, but you, you have to find your boundaries, right? You have to be able to say like, okay, look, I, I know who I am. I know what my strengths are. And Trelawney seems to know that despite a bunch of other teachers yeah. really kind of laughing and mocking and, and saying some stuff on the side, not anyone really believing in her. That's why I think that moment later on with, um, with McGonagall is so good with Trelawney and just sort of like she being the most critical of her, but also comforting her and saying, that's my colleague. Mm -hmm. Even at the end of the day, that's my colleague. And I literally just had some of these situations go down to the the school that I work at. And it's very interesting to have, um, like I I work in the English department a lot being a a reading teacher. uh, And I have some colleagues in there who they teach something very differently. They want to cover this particular book, whereas the other nine to 10 teachers are like, this is what we're doing. Why would you want to go do that? And it's almost like their reputation is, we call it reputational currency, is taken from that one teacher who wants to kind of go out on the edge and do something different. And you feel like that's Trelawney a little bit, right? And she endures all that and says, this is where I think I need to be. And this is what I'm going to continue doing. This is who I am. These are my strengths. I'm going to do this. Just because these are the nine to 10 people say that it's not good. She is still making a connection with certain kids in that class um, on a fringy kind of subject area or whatever, but it's still part of um magical education right so yeah really really good point rika that just she she sticks to who she is there and it's it's a lot to endure actually yeah at the same time i think she's like profoundly sad about it because Mm -hmm. at least in the sixth book it's like alluded to her that she's an alcoholic yeah 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 yeah. true and i was 
I was talking with my boyfriend about it and mm-hmm. I was like I'm not sure if she's an alcoholic yet like in the third yeah. book or yeah. just mm-hmm. after the fifth and sixth where Firenze enters and all the umbrage stuff happens right yes oh my goodness you're right right and and, and she did she say that in this book Christmas didn't she say I normally don't come down here she stays up in her room mm-hmm, in her mm-hmm. safe space yeah to avoid ridicule. all these conversation ridicule with yeah. um kids and yeah. colleagues yeah true she lives a very hard life and i i think though the difference between someone like her because we talk about her or see her a lot uh, as a fraud the difference between her and someone like lockhart is I think Lockhart also has to some degree convinced himself that he is this great person, but <laughs> deep inside he knows he's a fraud. Deep and deep inside, he—I mean—he tells flat out. He tells Ron and Harry at the yeah. end, like, "Yeah, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm really—I haven't accomplished anything really." Um, whereas Trelawney, I believe deep inside she knows she has that gift. She knows she struggles sometimes to bring it out at will or teach about it she knows there is something Mm -hmm. but i think she um exaggerates a lot to make it seem greater than it is but she knows deep inside there Mm -hmm. is something if that makes sense wow yes so i cannot believe in front of rika we're gonna bring up lockhart but (laughs) i'm always happy to bring him up okay (laughs) and it's just really the difference in decisions because both of them sort of have their speciality, right? Like memory charms and then and then being a seer, being connected to the site. And it's, it's, it's the decisions and what they decide to kind of do with their gift and their talent and then how they approach, um, yeah, maybe even just compensating a little bit, each of them, because remember more so Lockhart, because he has this one thing and he wants to be great at all these different things, yeah. whereas Trelawney's like, no, knows herself more. This is no who I am and has yeah. an identity and, and a pride sort of in in what she is gifted at and good at, and uh, whereas Lockhart is in denial a little bit and kind of struggling and, and, and turns into somebody who is is abusive in the way that he goes about, you know, with other, other witches and wizards yeah. and the way he kind of... Uh, climbs to he's deceitful and climbs to fame and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's when you look at that, you're sort of like, okay, look at what Trelawney has to endure and how much she's just sort of knows who she is and knows what she's capable of, and um, yeah, it, it kind of stands firm and stays. At- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hogwarts and, and endures all that. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, I've never, just the first time ever, that I have put those two characters side by side in my mind and started to try to compare them. So yeah. I will think about it more. Um, but yeah. 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 And then also on the prediction, I don't know if you heard of that theory oh. that it's not about Peter, but about Barty Crouch Jr. No, oh. I have. <laughs> Hang on. Not. Let me, I, I just opened my book. Let me read the exact words that she utters. Okay, read them. Okay. Yes. 
So um, Harry just had a, his exam. Context, Harry just had his exam. He thinks he made a bunch of stuff up. He's ready to get out of that room. And he got up, picked up his bag, and turned to go. But then a loud, harsh voice spoke behind him. It will happen tonight. The Dark Lord lies alone and friendless, abandoned by his followers. His servant has been chained these 12 years. Hang on, it's chained these 12 years. Tonight, before midnight, the servant will break free and set out to rejoin his master. The Dark Lord will rise again with his servant's aid, greater and more terrible than ever he was. Tonight, before midnight, the servant will set out to rejoin his master. Mm. As I'm reading this, I have to say, this is a great uh, theory, Rika. Yeah, so I think I actually heard it on Swish and Flick, like yeah, yeah, years ago. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember how deep they got into it, but since then, it stuck with me. Yeah, and so now I also wanted to talk about that with yeah. you guys. Yeah, um, well, I went into Goblet of Fire when yeah. Barty Crouch is telling his how it all went down, mm-hmm. and so I think it in the end doesn't hold up. Okay, okay, maybe. okay, because. Exactly what you said, Lottie, just the his servant has been chained these 12 years. I mean, you could argue that having to be an Animagus is being chained right. mm-hmm. for yeah. Petty Group. But Buddy Crouch Jr. like literally was, was chained, chained for yes. yeah, by a the, long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to, to that, he... When I read that, I was also wondering about the wording of this. His servant has been chained these 12 years. Pettigrew seemed like he was happy to be away from it, wanted to just live his life as a rat forever, I don't know, with the Weasleys and just, you know, be... He was good. I think he was not really actively trying to seek out Voldemort until he was forced to. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, then I went into a Goblet of Fire. Yeah. And... um. In the end, like the actual escape of Buddy Crouch Jr. is after the Quidditch World Cup. Okay. So timing-wise, it doesn't really hold up. But he tells that already before the World Cup, like he's in in his father's house, like they got him out mm. of Azkaban and all that stuff, and um, he had started to fight the Imperious Curse. Right. Which the Imperious Curse, you could also imagine, like a chain. Right, yeah. No, absolutely. That almost fits the description better. The Yeah, being under the curse. Yeah, what speaks for Buddy Crouch Jr., I think, is that he says, I think, um, that while breaking the Imperius curse, like the first clear thought of his is, I need to get back to Voldemort, to my master. Yeah, wow. yeah. So he's like really looking for that, and I think Peter just isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That makes me think of, I mean, <clears throat> what about the first prophecy? That could have been Harry or Neville. Mm-hmm. This prophecy mm-hmm. is also, we have two people it could almost be true for, Peter and Barty. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's so, um, it's close. It is like really close. It's it's the midnight tonight thing that sort of yeah. throw, that exact. throws it. Yeah. Because I love when a prophecy can be almost... It's two two things, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, and is and could be two candidates, or could be like part of it could be fulfilled 
you know, now, and then part of it can be fulfilled later on. This one has a very specific time, which is like, darn it, why? In the near future, why couldn't you just, you know, something, but it was very specific to to, tonight. And so you look at that in June, I was trying to figure out when, when all these things started to break down for Barty Crouch Jr. And it's difficult to tell. Uh, when did he get? Yeah, well? we don't really know. Like the only set thing of his story we know is that Quidditch World Cup and afterwards. Right. And like before, like when exactly he got out, when he started breaking the Imperius. Yeah. To some extent, like we don't really know, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Barty Crouch senior got him out that night at midnight of Azkaban. Who knows? That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. But I think... Here, hang on. So in 1982, his mother's health had deteriorated drastically from the stress of her son's imprisonment as did as did Barty's own from the severe depression inflicted by the prison. The, the mm-hmm. couple were allowed to visit due to Crouch Senior's high status in the ministry and Miss, Mrs. Crouch dying wish. She persuaded her husband to help smuggle their son out of Azkaban by swapping him <clears throat> for his mother, using Polyge's potion and undetected by the blind Dementors. Mrs. Crouch took the place of her son. She died a short time later and she was buried, buried outside the fort. So there's no date to it, but it sounds like it was some sounds like somewhat close ten to, years prior. Yeah, 1982. Yeah. I think he was under the Imperius curse for a long, long time until yeah. he broke free. <clears throat> and yeah, this is a whole other story, though. Like how de- the mentors are blind, okay, but they can't. Like they're fooled by Polyge's potion. I thought they feel they see by feeling, you know, a person's despair and stuff, or or happy, both despair and happiness and. Well, I think they explain that away by saying both are depressed and unhappy, but aren't they all mm-hmm. in Azkaban? So it's kind of weird yeah. how they... Well, but, so yeah. as, as far as this theory goes, so it's like you have... Um, yes, he's out of Azkaban. He's in chains in the, uh, under, under the Imperius Curse for that amount of time. Did he start to break free of that? I know it's like first mentioned that it's after... Uh, the Quidditch World Cup, but was yeah. there an earlier situation where he was fighting it in some way? Yeah. Um, so as I understand it, he started fighting it before the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah. And like the real breakthrough was at the Quidditch World Cup. And we are close to the Quidditch World Cup because it's it seems like so far away because, okay, it's in the next book, but we are at the end of the school year and this happens during the summer break july right or so at least hold on i'll look it up when is yeah this is like i mean this is we're in june right now june and the quidditch world cup is literally just one month away yeah Hmm. good point that's so interesting i never thought about that i i feel like i might have heard it uh, listening to like two but yeah i forgot about it (laughs) so yeah the quidditch world cup is like August eighteenth. No, wait. That's the that's the previous one. But still, either, either way, it's it's in it's held in August, I think. Okay, but still, it's not far away. One or two months away. Yep. Yeah, and dang, and that, that gives is... you the idea he must have already started to break free. Yeah, right. Yeah. And have had his first clear thoughts. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, Rika, that's awesome. Did you want to say anything else about the junior? No, I'm just going to do some more research on it because I actually yeah. am starting to look at it here and thinking maybe he could have been fighting it earlier. Yeah. And we, he's successful the night that like it breaking free 
just maybe he has a moment of clarity in that thought as rico was saying is like first thing i'm gonna go get my master happens i can yeah like i underlined something here when body question was talking Mm -hmm. um it says like my father had to use a number of spells to subdue me and then when i had recovered my strength i thought only of finding my master of returning to his service wow Mm -hmm. yeah it's it sounds so much more he's more the willing he's actually the willing servant whereas pettigrew is out of fear he thinks okay he he just wants to be with the most powerful ally yeah. right now what's the um can you read do you still have it up there what exactly trelawney's yeah. um, prophecy says okay i'll read it again the dark lord lies alone and friendless so first she says it will happen tonight the dark lord lies alone alone and friendless abandoned by his followers his servant has been chained these 12 years. Tonight before midnight, the servant will break free and set out to rejoin his master. The Dark Lord will rise again with his servant's aid, greater and more terrible than ever he was. Tonight before midnight, the servant will set out to rejoin his master. <clears throat> I mean, okay, so... Set out means... It sounds like he would... Right. Here's the thing, though. What's interesting... So, yes, it... I, I Okay. If you take the word servant and you just said, like... I, again, one once upon a time, she she there were two potential candidates, as you said, Neville mm-hmm. and and Harry, who could have fulfilled that prophecy. So it's it's like certain actions then take place. Voldemort's actions dictate which one of those two candidates it ends up being. So even if there is just it's just a cool idea to think that there might be two candidates, and because of certain yeah. people's actions, that you know it ends up being Pettigrew. But also the first time that servant is mentioned. Um, it's like he's going to it's going to happen tonight with this particular servant and it's, he's going to break free but then the sec, it's mentioned servant the word servant is said three times I think yeah. and the second time it's like that could refer to Barty he's going to with with that servant's aid or yeah. maybe it's a different person and he helps him rise to power although we know Pettigrew does that as well so I just also cool. was thinking yeah. that um, because Barty Crouch is Junior is titled his most faithful servant yeah yeah yeah. and i'm not sure if we ever hear pettigrew Mm -hmm. being called a servant at all oh yeah 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 because he is again a reluctant kind of um follower and and stuff and is uh betrays his friends and is not uh does it out of fear he's not uh not a you know diehard servant yeah so wow never thought about this and i did not know that they had covered that that is really cool and i think uh might have to ask them if there's i'm gonna go do some more research on Mm -hmm. it too and just see if there's any more potential connections but (laughs) i love prophecy like i I used to read the game of thrones um, or the song of ice and fire series and i loved when a prophecy would would have multiple interpretations or meanings and it could reference multiple people and it really came down to how you interpreted it and there was all these different signs that could sort of be the fulfillment of that prophecy yeah uh it gets a little trippy so yeah thanks yeah, Rika. i just think there's a lot of room of interpretation in yes many sure. directions true yeah um the way that trelawney delivers this prophecy and this is not the first time this is the well we actually talked about it yesterday we only hear from two prophecies true true prophecies but um does she make you know in the middle of the night it's just her does she wake up and all of a sudden is, you know, connected to that great source of knowledge and makes a prediction? Just no one's there. 
to witness. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Rika, this is gonna we're gonna sound like crazy people again, but I don't care. I love being a crazy. It's fine. I so sometimes we watch these different shows about just crazy stuff, you know, from history. And there's a guy known as the Sleeping Prophet, and I don't know if he's a controversial figure or not. He's on not TV, and he's on the History Channel, so they talk about him. But he's this prophet, a uh, person who could like basically foretell. Uh, the future or could give advice to people and was connected to some source um, knowledge or whatever. I forget what it's called, like Acacia or something like that. The the, the the Acacia records. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about this kind of stuff. Although I will say during 2020, when COVID was happening, I went down the spiritual rabbit hole on on TikTok. (laughs) I learned about a lot of this stuff. And I thought of Trelawney a lot during 2020. It was crazy. But uh, his name is Edgar Casey, And he's a guy who basically doesn't know that he's... Like they'll ask him questions. He goes into a trance like state and he's kind of mm-hmm. sleeping and and he doesn't remember what he doesn't remember anything he said. He says, That's why someone he has a secretary who writes everything. Who writes down. it down. Yeah. yeah. And he would give people Advice. often cures to their um sicknesses or treat, treat treatments. Treatments. He would tell yeah. them what to do exactly. Yeah, um, exact directions. Um and not from him, but from a, a source of knowledge that he was kind of tapped into. And a lot of times the the reason he's so popular is a lot of times it's and this is for anybody who wants to go look it up on your own. I'm not gonna. <laughs> but apparently like, the president went to. Apparently the president of the United him. States, multiple people like big leaders in our country went to this guy for advice. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, they weren't doing that with Professor Trelawney, unless I mean Dumbledore's. You know, he's, I mean, has Dumbledore ever gone back to Trelawney to to trigger a new? Does he sit there at problem? night and does he does he wait for something to happen? You know what I mean? Like you're talking about, he's recording. Maybe she just sits up in bed and starts to say I mean, certain things, and he's like, you know, prophecy. I don't know. Now also, that you're saying yeah. that, I was thinking maybe he keeps Trelawney away from him, like he keeps Harry away from him in the fifth book to protect her. Ooh. Maybe. I mean, yeah. that's why she's at Hogwarts, anyways. But yes, right to protect her. Yes, to so, protect her, but yeah. then also not super close. Uh, yeah, right. Whoa. Well, because if he knows, well, he could. He, it's important that he knows a lot. But when he knows a lot, and Harry's through Harry's connection, Voldemort mm. gets that knowledge. That's you know, yeah, yeah, could be. You know, another interesting topic about prophecy in Harry Potter, and I don't think you know the authors ever. I don't know if there's any like the mechanics on this. Like when you make a prophecy, does that person who hears it, we talked about this, like have to go then have it put in the little crystal ball thing? Like why is Harry's prophecy there and the Department of Mysteries? What how, how does it get there? Does it just generate on the yeah. shelf? You know, or like yeah, is I that because so. then you would then then you wouldn't have to worry. All of all of Trelawney's prophecies would be lined up on a shelf at night, and you know what I mean. <laughs> Like if that was actually happening, you would just see like no, every night Trelawney is prophesying something, you know, uh, or maybe not every night. But I just don't know. I, th- I thought that it had to be witnessed and that once it was a witnessed prophecy, then it would mm. populate on the shelf. I don't know. But I, yeah. What do you think, Rika? <laughs> can't remember. Mm, I think it goes there automatically when the prophecy is made because Dumbledore wouldn't have gone there to register that he heard this thing. Right, yeah, true, and that makes me wonder, did the prophecy she just made after Harry's exam, did that pop up in the Department of Mysteries? Probably, I mean, seems like a legit prophecy, yeah. Yeah. 
wild. That's why they had some of those those shelves. I mean, they looked like it was a warehouse of just like all these different, yeah, you know, um, prophecies and stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, it is it is sort of cool to think about the fact that she she we see her do this twice, but did yeah. she do it to other other students? That we, right, don't, we don't know. That we don't know about. Even Harry is like, um, I mean, he wants to ch- tell them, but he's unsure if she actually, was that just her having some kind of fit or is that an actual prediction she made? <laughs> yeah. so how many students would witness something like that and then go out and be like, uh. I, I also uh, was watching something earlier before we started this episode and it was... Um, uh, it was a video where they were kind of talking about the idea that how did Dumbledore know and Snape when they were first listening to Trelawney's um, prediction, they all thought she was a fraud. So why would they all of a sudden start to believe her? You know, all, why would all of a sudden they be like, oh, what you're saying now is legit. Uh, and it's it, they, he talks about the, the cadence and how the person, you could still fake that because you see people who, be careful out there, there's some people trying to fraud folks yeah. and they go into a trance-like state uh, and if you practice it enough, I'm sure you could probably fake or fool somebody. But for somehow, um, Dumbledore always says magic leaves traces, right? And so something that he was able to tell, that's legit prophecy right yeah. there. Because you imagine she was maybe trying to do some foretelling for maybe Dumbledore or someone else beforehand. And whatever that was seemed fake to him. And then this seemed legit. So something about it indicated it's not... It's. I think the the text says that her voice changes mm, and it goes to like a hoarse like a kind voice, of strained yeah, yeah voice and, and it's her not... eyes actually started to roll okay okay now again rika heard my silly voice earlier i think i could pull off that you know <laughs> eye rolling trance like i'm not gonna do it here i need to practice it but uh i think i could do it you know maybe i could go into you know Make some prophecies myself here on the podcast. What if I had a segment on the show where I just started prophesying? <laughs> uh, tomorrow at 12 o'clock, I will go to Wendy's and get a cheeseburger <laughs> that I have not had in over 12 years. Bold prediction. Bold prediction. Mm. And master and this cheeseburger will be united one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Now I'm craving I'm craving a cheeseburger now. Been eating a lot of salad, Rika. I've been eating a lot of salad. So it's heavy on the mind. Um okay. But I think yeah, we're uh, okay, lots of there's so there was much more in this oh, chapter. Do we want to keep yeah. going with the Trelawney stuff or we're gonna... um did you have anything else that you wanted to say about Trelawney or anything else um, that came to mind when reading this chapter? Nico? Mm, that's about it. I was really interested in the prophecy. I, I love that. Yeah, and that's the heart of this chapter is her prophecy. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. And I, I will, by the way, I will dedicate it to you, Rika. I'm going to go do a short afterwards and write <laughs> up a possibility and... Uh, yeah. You know, and I'll it's do some research on it because this is cool. It's one I've not not thought of, and yeah. uh, I love thinking about prophecy. So, um, yeah. I yes. would like to point out before, so they're going through their whole exam week, um, and before their last exam, the divination exam, they run into the minister, and I just wanted to point out again how bold and brave Ron is in that moment when he's directly i mean he knows that's fudge he actually points that out to harry earlier in the series that's my dad's 
boss yeah right yeah. there and he directly goes up and says to him well you might not have to witness an execution at all sir the mm -hmm. hippogriff might be off he's so oh. he's so pumped he's so excited he's really did his research yeah he feels bad because he didn't help the first time right and now he wants to be a good friend and actually cares about buckbeak he cares about hagrid and hermione of course wants to impress her a little bit <laughs> Um, so I think that's just a, such a bold move. And then Hermione even scolds him later for that. And he, you know, telling Ron he shouldn't say things like that to his dad's boss. Yeah. And that's also kind of funny because Hermione yeah. is later going to be minister of magic herself. Yeah. You know, don't, don't talk to, talk, don't talk like that to the minister. <laughs> Ron's like, I'll, Hey, I'll, no, hold on here. I'll do what I want. This is, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> Is it, wait, the minister, yeah, he's, he's elected, right? So, yeah, yeah, he has to go through this. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So, Ron's like. I think so. Yeah. Um, another thing you have noted here, because it's kind of about Trelawney, is mm -hmm. during the exam week when Trelawney is, they're all coming in individually. And first of all, you said most students are making things up in divination class. And I'm sort of like, hey, like teacher, like student, right? So, <laughs> sort of like, this is working. This is how we do this in this yep. class. Um, and you know, it just depends on how good you are that, that she's sort of... And she's almost like feeding Harry kind of like, you don't see this and that. It's terrible what she's... But you said, you said, is she... At one point, you're like, is she seeing a potential... Yes. This alternate thread of time where in which Buckbeak was actually executed. That's the question. Yeah. I mean, I don't... So <laughs> we, th we, we I talked liked... about this yesterday for so long. Yeah, Rico, did talk. she see? Did she see the future without them interfering and rescuing Buck? Because she's always going into. Uh, you don't see him executed. You don't see blood. And like, first of all, what teacher? She was crazy. <laughs> that was not cool. But <clears throat> very Harry. Harry Harry is very much like no, and we think. Well, he he refuses to agree with her, even if it meant for him he might, he might have gotten a better grade if he just said, "Yeah, that's what I see." <laughs> but he says it looks fine; it's flying away. And what Harry says here is actually the truth. That's what will become true. It will fly away. Mm -hmm. Whereas Trelawney saw it dead, executed. Yeah. So is it possible that she said she saw? the future and Harry saw or you know for Harry it's more like wishful thinking yeah that she tries to make him say this and he's like no even though you know I'm, I'm this is not just a grade and I'm just making stuff up but even then I'm not right. going to speak it into existence and say that yeah. Peak's gonna be executed yeah it's just gonna it's a, it's an interesting <clears throat> You know, because we everyone in the school knows it's about to happen. And so yeah. you can sort of assume um, that they could make this prediction one way or the other. Um, and the obvious way, I mean, everything sort of points to this is an execution or termination that sh that's about to be happening. And so mm -hmm. that it didn't seem like there was a lot of evidence to say it's going to go the other way. And so it's interesting that Harry kind of says no. And it's more just his personal connection to it. And he's he's defiant. But I know Tiffany from Swish and Flick often would say mm -hmm. that... Uh, Harry is a seer, right? And she would go into a lot of his dreams and different things and stuff where he was seeing something different yeah. than maybe what everyone else was seeing. And in this situation, Trelawney's seeing like the end of Buckbeak and he's seeing the opposite. So the question though is that, or the conclusion we came to yesterday is 
there in in this Harry Potter universe and in their logic of time travel, there is no different alternate parallel time versions. There's only one. And the trippy part is you cannot you can't see a different time a different future because it will always be that one future because Harry says he went out to perform the Patronus charm that well because he knew he's already done it. That means he's never not done it, if that makes sense. <laughs> There's no scenario yeah. in which he's not done that. But then what's the sound they hear when they behead Buckbeak at well, the end of this? In the in the movie they make it seem like he hit a pumpkin in the movie they do yeah and here they do hear that sound and they seem very they disturbed hear a swishing sound yeah but mm. the other thing is too is that dumbledore later at the very end says more than one innocent life might be spared so it seems like and this is where it gets really trippy that it someone like how can you go back and save someone who's already been saved so like if if Buckbeak was already saved, this this is the paradox of it, which is that if he's already been saved, why does Dumbledore say that more than one person can be saved? If so, I yeah yeah no continue please. Well, it's just it, to me. I would think I'm thinking because we talk about now. I have some stuff to read for Eureka here. Some of my crazy thoughts on uh, in a second about about this whole time travel bit because it's like as Lottie is saying, things are already currently written so like if bug if if buckbeak were actually terminated then if that were the case they cannot go back they can't go back and change that um but so it seems like that because it, in lo logic they're already there in that first time it happens they were right simultaneously there. they're already yeah. there performing the rescue yeah um, but it's interesting that Dumbledore says later, and I'm just th quoting from the movie. I don't remember what he says exactly in the book, but I think he says something to the effect of like more than one innocent life can be can be spared. And so you're like, why would he, if it's already been spared, Dumbledore, then why yeah. are you saying it again? Because he has to, because there's no other uh, way. Okay. He has to because, because they have to do it. Right. Yeah. They already done it. So they can't go. That's the the paradox of it is they're only retracing the steps they already walked in the future if that makes sense yes now let me read this for for, for rika this is something i was <laughs> last night we were on the i mean literally i think i got yelled at three times like just stop talking so lottie could finish the chapter summary but i was like okay um one of the shorts i might be doing later which is how can you go back in time to save buckbeak if he's already been saved when Dumbledore sends Harry and Hermione back in time, he knows that Buckbeak was somehow rescued. That rescue is the direct result of Dumbledore instructing Hermione to travel back in time. So the Harry Potter series follows, and I think it's um, Novikov. I think is the is the individual who came who comes up with this. It's called the self consistency principle and basically it's the view of time travel in which all of the time travel that has ever happened is already factored into how the present is if that makes sense yeah. so all of the let me read it again so basically it's a view of time travel in which all of the time travel that has ever happened is already factored into how the present is um now does so this is where it gets a little bit 
I get a little trippy on this one. I went a little crazy, which is like, does that mean then that all of our future actions are already predetermined so that we have to kind of, it's already, we, in this moment, we know we're going to, it's, or, uh, do we have free will moving forward? And I think we're saying, you know, yes, when Harry sees, as you said, the stag Patronus, he simply is witnessing his future acts of free will play out in present time, (laughs) it, which is crazy, right? Um, in a similar fashion, Dumbledore notices the oddly precise timing of Buckbeak's rescue. It's so precise that only a time-traveling intervention seems to explain it. So what Dumbledore witnesses at the time of the execution affects his future actions at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, yeah, the only reason why Harry and Hermione are able to go back and save Buckbeak is because they already have mm-hmm. saved Buckbeak. <laughs> so yeah. crazy so crazy to say it out loud i mean like i don't really like because i will kind of sit on these things for quite a while and lottie's like it's a it, it's it's a paradox okay like it's a you know because i would try to find different ways in which it doesn't work or this or that you know and um well so, it works there is logic like, yeah logic behind yeah. it it's just you have to accept that the Certain, logic is a paradox a paradox if you will yeah yeah you do it's it's sort of weird because one of the things i i read somebody said like what if hermione was walking up to dumbledore's um office to get the time turner and she gets the time turner and then she goes back in time uh to right before she walks into dumbledore's office pulls out her wand and petrifies or what's the word the full body bind curses herself before (laughs) she can get the time turner then there's no way for her to go back that's we're confused, Rika. <laughs> sorry, Rika. <laughs> I just made that one up on the spot. <laughs> Rika's like, uh. <laughs> sorry. I, I, I. This is what I did. This is why Lottie told me to shut up. She was no, like, No, no, no. I tried to explain to you though. I was uh, well, sorry, Rika. <laughs> no, it's just time travel is always. It's always mind boggling. Uh, yeah. Makes my brain explode. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Because <clears throat> you, your, you have free will, mm-hmm. but in that moment from the future like in the future your future yeah. free will echoes into that the present time present time yeah so yes in that moment you did something but because you already experienced it in pre- or experiencing it in the present time this way yeah that means your future decision did not lead to that path right you will I, never yes. make that decision you can never yeah that's what i'm sort of saying but you yeah. know it's the trippy part of like like if you wanted to do that you can't you can't. You, like you if, can't change your mind because in the future you did not change your mind. Right. Which is mind-boggling because you have, in the future, you <laughs> actually have that experience that you don't, in the present, don't have yet. That's what, right. that's what the right. paradox part of it is. I get it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but we will definitely get deeper into time travel later on when we actually go back in time in uh, this book. Yes. Sorry, Rika. We're, we're just about, we're, you know, well, it was foreshadowing a lot of this here, so. And I didn't want Rika you know. to watch us go back and forth on this oh it was bad Um, last night i I actually wanted to ask you um it it has to do with it does dumbledore come down so hagrid is sobbing hagrid it's real quick context again hagrid sends them a note that the appeal is lost like there was basically no appeal and Mm -hmm. and buckbeak is going to be executed please don't come down i want i don't want you to witness it and they're like we have to go. We can't, you know, Hagrid just alone in his hut waiting for the execution. They don't think that's right. <clears throat> so they go down 
and Hagrid uh, says what a great man Dumbledore is. And we just finished the book about Dumbledore, and it's always, you know, a, what do you say? A two-edged sword? Double-edged sword, Double-edged yeah. sword um, with Dumbledore and his intentions and mm-hmm. where they come from. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, was he really just being a wonderful friend and wanted to be there for Hagrid, or did he know already somehow that he sense that Buckbeak's execution will be a pivotal point in time and that he needs to be there. Did something tell him, and I want to direct this question to Rico, what her thoughts are on this. Did Dumbledore know that Buckbeak's execution is going to be a pivotal point in time somehow in the future and that he needs to be there or was he have a notion or was he just coming down out of the kindness of his heart because hagrid's his good old friend what's your thought uh i'll give you a hufflepuff answer i think both (laughs) things are true very good yes i mean because you can be there for friends and like in the end dumbledore's actions i i don't remember if it's the same in the book as in the movie but like in the movie at least he stalls time and Gives Harry and Hermione time to save Buckbeak. I don't remember if it's the same in the book, actually. The I think they mentioned I think the it is. book is not so much, oh, hey, look over there. But no. it's more like his name. Hey, I have to sign with my full name. Come back All in. Right. Come yeah. back again. Yeah. I need to put my full name. His, long, his name is long. And it seems like in that moment, that's that one millisecond. They just need it to get away unseen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the end, that's also an act of friendship to Hagrid because Dumbledore helps safe buckbeak mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's actually a good explanation how we could look at dumbledore's actions that he tries as best as he can be that person who kind of gives up everything and says okay for the greater cause to defeating um voldemort but at the same time how can i also be there for the people i love or be a good person and that's why he that's his dilemma right his whole mm-hmm. dilemma with he he gets so not attached to Harry, but like he loves Harry. Yeah. Almost as not a son, but like he just. Yeah. He grows close to him. He yeah. grows very close to him and he. He's inspired by him. He sees. His plan. He alters his whole plans because he thinks so fondly of Harry. Yeah. Right. So it's almost like the 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 the, the mastermind who has like the, the cold hearted, almost like we're going to execute this plan mm-hmm. because we have to defeat this individual starts to kind of go, is there a way to do that that also helps all my friends? And is like, what's what's a, you know, he starts to kind of then put in extra like heart and love and that yeah. starts to leak into his maybe more cold and calculated plans to just defeat this other evil dark wizard. And it's like, is there, you know, the best path forward? Yeah, we that whole book, um, it was the Dumbledore book. It basically talks about that aspect of Dumbledore that like, starts off kind of like he's he's setting things up he's always calculating and thinking about Voldemort's return what's he gonna do Harry what's happening there doesn't really know him knows his parents but okay this is a student and then Harry impresses him yeah and that impression of of how courageous and brave and all the how good and kind-hearted he is like really uh, affects Dumbledore throughout the series so interesting but yeah in this moment I think Rick is right yeah two both uh, are, I think, because they're, how, the, the one that's obvious is Hagrid, yes, clearly he's a good friend with Hagrid, yeah. and so he's got a, a heart for him, but, like, 
how does he know to stall for more time? Yeah, in that situation, insist on his full name. Is that just he coincidence? Seem like someone Most people who's would... like, okay, we. He's he's not that correct person who says we need to do everything by the book. Yeah, that's why I have to sign with my full name. It feels like in that moment, uh, I better, you know, I don't know. For some reason, he either he's. I think we talked about this. Either he's already so, got, gotten some kind of hints that there is a time travel going on. Mm-hmm. Or he just has a an idea, feeling almost like I mean the, the thing that Trelawney talks about that that if she wants to call it an inner eye, but a shift of energy, energy, yeah, 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 yeah. could be, know. yeah, because he does seem to like when he's in the cave later on and they're hunting Horcruxes. It's like, how does Dumbledore know that this is the spot? Yeah. <laughs> Feeling it, he's yeah. feeling this like magic there on the wall. Like this is it. This yeah, place is true, full of true, magic. True, you know, true, true, true. So he can sort of sense traces of it. Yeah, traces of magic. Yes. Right. That's a good point. So mm-hmm. maybe I mean this is time travel, but it's also by magical device. I don't know. I mean it's. No, I do feel like trippy. there's magic in time travel, in this world, in this world, in this universe. Yeah. That's a, a magical part of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay. I also think yeah. I mean doesn't Dumbledore himself say like that his guesses are almost always mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. he makes good guesses and, like he just yeah he just guesses very well he knows Hermione is the time uh, traveler thing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and so I think it's a lot of interference yeah. he does yeah yeah some people have wondered and theorized if they if whether or not Dumbledore himself was using a time turner from time to time. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just because just uh, that would be written. That would be something that is written. All the things that he would do with a time turner would right. just be what we read in the series. And yeah. you have to then look for the effects of it, mm-hmm. like something that's kind of odd. You know, like this coincidence is very odd. Like yeah. if you just read it from one perspective and like Buck, like had Harry and Ron and everybody stood up there and well, that's interesting. If they stood up there and they would have saw that Buckbeak was saved, you know, they're seeing the effects of themselves doing something yeah, yeah. right and so the timing the coincidence are all odd so looking for oddness or things that sort of don't don't seem too precise or could just be the effects of time travel um when you see that with dumbledore and you see this mm-hmm. like how does he know that stuff there are reddit theories where they propose that maybe he was doing some time travel himself or divination yeah. to some degree or different things some people believe the the uh deluminator they think it's a spy device yeah. that was a crazy one i heard the other day i was like wow so, anyway, fun things. In here. I think discussions like this are the reason why the author didn't pursue time travel more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. Uh, because it's trippy. It's you get into all these questions. Why didn't they change it? I mean, the main question is why didn't they change? Go back in time and change all the events with Harry's parents. But in and while in we're leaving out cursed child in this discussion because there i feel like time travel works very differently in cursed child it's a different time here, it's a, yes it's, it's a different you upgraded version of a time turner if you will but this this time turner can't do that because you've already witnessed and experienced the effects of voldemort having killed harry's parents and all that stuff so you cannot experience something and then go back and change that if that makes sense because that's the whole point Hermione she goes back in time to take other classes she can't step in to another classroom because that's where she would be sitting right now and she everyone would see Hermione in two places yeah 
right? It's, you can't, she knows she can't do that. And she already knows once she takes a class, she has not done that because she can't see herself anywhere, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So the whole theory, why, well, they have a time turn, why don't they get, go back and change? Why doesn't Harry never, why does he never go back and change his fate? Yeah. He can't, is the answer, because he's never done that already. That's how the time travel thing works in this universe. Yeah, it's that self-consistency principle that this theorist kind of came up with. And that's actually, uh, people like research that, what did J.K. Rowling decide to do when she wanted to go write this part? She's And afterwards, I think she regretted doing it. She was kind of like, uh, I'm playing with fire there. I'm not going to do that again. And let's destroy all these things. The the question you should ask instead of why um, doesn't Harry go back or anyone go back and change that is you should ask why hasn't not why hasn't anyone done that already? So why is this present the way it is? Why haven't? Why is the story even there if a time turn exists? Why hasn't anyone, anyone done that already? Mm-hmm. Not, but why isn't anyone doing that right now? Whereas mm-hmm. the the alternative to this is you have time turners where you can experience something and then go back and change that, but then you have split alternate realities. alternate realities and timelines. This yeah. is going on where you go, went back in time that time is going on where that already happened and you go back change it and now you open up a new that's kind mm-hmm. of like the is it oh gosh don't call me out is it marvel or dc with marvel where they do marvel whole, yeah marvel yeah. the whole um different multiverse multiverse thing yeah. and they change things yeah. in time and yeah right right yeah so that's that was the whole movie about was it the flash that, that we watched awesome movie, yeah flashpoint yeah how he mm-hmm. went back in time to save his parents and stuff and that changed yeah anyway anyway <laughs> time travel fun topic can be a whole podcast about it not just an episode but you could have a whole another private mean, i'm sure there is out there but yeah we want to keep it to that for now a little teaser to when we t- start talking about them going back in time um the last very last thing to to finish up this chapter uh, real quick and this is kind of a full circle thing back to our trivia question what is scabbers so they find the chapter ends with them finding scabbers trying to make it up to the castle scabbers is outright he just is trying to get away they're distracted so that's why they hear at least they don't see anything but they hear the axe coming down and they think Buckbeak was executed but why did they find scabbers in the first place why was he at Hagrid's hut what was he doing there any thoughts or ideas? Maybe the, the same thing why he went to the Weasleys, like to stay somewhat connected and mm-hmm. uh, like keep up with what's happening. Mm-hmm. Good, good point. And yeah. you, yes, he's trying to one stay safe from, uh, especially from Crookshanks and Patfoot or Sirius Black, and two, he still is. He could run away, try and run away completely from the Hogwarts grounds and somewhere else. You feel like he can't, like, I mean, the dark forest, the the forbidden forest is so big. Could he just run and hide there? But then then you see Crookshanks and Padfoot patrolling mm-hmm. the grounds. So, okay. So, Rika, that's a good point. I'm just thinking, like, yeah, he would want to stay nearby where he could be informed about the events of the wizarding world right or maybe so, like hagrid Even seems Harry, to let a yeah. lot slip um he loves to, animals 
to the trio and oh yeah into the trio yeah right so i mean but you know he's he does love animals and so he can be around hagrid hagrid cares for them and would probably feed a rat versus like toss it out yeah he he knows he'd let him in the milk jar so i mean that's fine but uh i think yeah he would be there listening in on those conversations between hagrid and dumbledore are you kidding me uh, here's go, going back to Chamber of Secrets. I think when Jenny Weasley was down in the Chamber of Secrets and they went in to talk about, I I could be wrong about this, but I feel like I remember somewhere people theorized that Scabbers was with Ron when Dumbledore said that my agents have informed me that Lord Voldemort is still somewhere in the Albanian forest. And that's sort of how Scabbers, if he were there with the Weasleys when they were concerned in Dumbledore's or McGonagall's office. Or at least McGonagall's they, I, office, yeah. Yeah. Which Even if was. Scabbers wasn't there, the Weasleys probably, they all knew talked about it. So about they it. probably talked about it at home at some point, and maybe that was mentioned. So yeah, he heard he heard a lot from just being around the Weasleys and kept up yeah. with Harry, too. Well, and, and what kid wouldn't go back after they had just talked to one of the most powerful wizards in the wizarding community over the summer break and said, did he say Voldemort is in Albania? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would be talking about it. I'd be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. like, is the minister informed on that? Are yeah. we sending a search part? Like, what is? Mm-hmm. Are we just leaving him alone there? Um, but I feel like, yeah. So Scabbers is around individuals like that for that reason. So yeah, he's at Hagrid's because you can be well informed. Our trio are well informed at Hagrid's hut. Yeah, Rika. But also then, circling back to the whole uh, prediction thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did he not run to Voldemort already? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in the prediction they say by midnight. Oh, yeah. you mean yeah? yeah like since why? he's yeah, he's still. Well, if he was this great servant, he yeah. would have run to Voldemort a long time ago. Long time, right? Ta- right. Yes. True. Yeah. If he had, if he had that information about Albania mm-hmm. before, even before this book starts, like yeah, why, why would he, he still hide with the Weasleys? stay and stuff? So I, I've true. always felt like Peter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was just say I've always felt like it was really just out of like the utmost necessity. Like my my cover is blown, and then right, yes. have to go. Right, the but, only reason why he goes is because they know it's him. Yeah, and he's he's lost all, you know, um, his cover story is gone, and yeah, it's just. And he knows now the whole if if he goes, he he leaves with the thought he doesn't know yet that Sirius is not going to be found innocent. He mm-hmm. leaves with the thought, okay, they're going to hear a serious story. They're going to be hunting for me as mm-hmm. a rat, so I have to leave the country immediately and have to go to the most powerful individual out there to be protected by him. And at the same time, I can, you know, my sacrifices as I help him yeah. come back to power. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, good question. I mean, yeah, the the reason is he just wanted to live a good life <laughs> and not have anything to do with it. Until he was forced to uh, go out and seek him out. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I just uh, something crossed my mind and I forgot what it was. One little good thought. One Hag- little good oh, nugget. Yeah, yeah. One little thing was Hagrid around when the Marauders were in school, and was Peter Pettigrew? Did he know Hagrid? Did they stop by from time to time and let a head tea at Hagrid's hut? And was that a comfort place for him? I don't remember who's older. Yeah. <clears throat> Because Hagrid, when did he... Hagrid is definitely older than with them Voldemort, because he was yeah. with Voldemort. I mean, he was at school with Voldemort. And so he must be like 50 or something. My goodness. 40, 50. I'm pretty sure he was there because he got expelled and then got hired yeah. as the yeah. helper. Right. Yeah. And that he the keys. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much after that. So he must have been there. 
And I wonder if they probably were on good terms. And I think he talks about that. Yeah, he definitely was because he talks about that in the three broomsticks when they talk with the minister and everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he talked about his memories of the gang. Yeah. And so I feel like maybe also the answer is maybe Peter felt like that was a safe space kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. (laughs) Anything else? Anything else? Just asking the group. If 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 we let Lottie go, she will she will find something. She'll. I know. I could. Yeah. I I love talking about Harry uh, Potter, and I'm enjoying this so much that we get to do this reread together. And I'm so really sometimes I get blown away how much the movies crept into my mind, and how much how many things I think are true in the story, but they're actually a movieism, and it's so cool to discover little things, little scenes that happen in the book that I forgot about, and just rediscovering them is fun yeah 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 okay well rika thank you so much yeah so good to chat with a fellow hufflepuff (laughs) and a fellow berliner i mean yeah me (laughs) ex-berliner but yeah um i was gonna ask you earlier but uh how how's the city so far really quick now we're getting away from the chapter a little bit but like how do you like living in berlin so far it's better than I expected. <laughs> like I'm, I never considered myself a big city person. Like I'm, yeah, I'm from a really small town. Yeah, but it's good. Nice. Good. I mean, I, I'm mostly occupied by work, but yeah, yeah. Well, you just started, that. right? Yeah, you just started last. Yeah, or two months ago. Yeah, a month ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's always when you start a new job. That's always a very, yeah, stressful time because you once you get used to the routines and i think right now you're entering that transition of okay i know where everything's at i know my colleagues so that's nice but it's always like nerve-wracking when you start a new job and i remember yeah starting the school year was hard (laughs) um yeah also it's a nine to five so so that doesn't leave you like much time in the evening because it's dark oh yeah. yeah 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 same we have the same problem yeah it's uh you don't get a lot of sunlight these days, uh huh. Um, yeah. And the, so you don't have to answer that in detail, but like in which, which broad part? I'm just interested of where in Berlin, which area do you? Live uh, it's in? Lichtenberg. Oh my! Oh my goodness! That... That's where I grew up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, so really? I, I'm just gonna say, and yeah. it's because it's still a big area, but I grew yeah. up around Espanhof Nordnerplatz. <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's really close. Like, I'm closer to the Straße. Yeah, oh my goodness. That's like where, that, yeah, I know the whole corner. area completely. I mean, you've been on, oh, the, I know. on I, the bike. Is, and, no, as I mean, soon as she said it, I just, <laughs> nah, I knew exactly. That so I'm learning all the names. Yeah. We so have we have walked, around. we have biked, we have, um, we've been all over that area, yeah, actually. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I really, I grew up, I, that's the area I know best of Berlin. So. Isn't the McFit we went to right just over there? Near- McFit is, yeah, cl- like it's close to, yes, that would be. Yeah, yeah we have, um, in the summer we went to, a, we had a short membership in, at McFit because we were getting ready for our wedding cer- ceremony and we were like, we have to find a gym. And they had like a summer <laughs> deal where you could join for like two or three months and then. Yeah. Then, okay. Yeah, so that was the McFit yeah. we went to. <laughs> that's wow. so oh, that's cool. so cool. Crazy. We are always amazed at how the world, like how small of a place the world is and how we, I mean, the whole thing, how we met and now how we meet other people. And it's wild. This is 
it's just such a fun connection and <clears throat> honestly i mean yeah that's so cool i'm blown away yeah like uh rico will be in uh we'll be there in what two three weeks i know we're flying so. over we're coming over for christmas and we'll be there uh yeah for the holidays and then we'll leave right before yeah um new year's eve so are you are you well, staying uh, in berlin or are you gonna be for christmas i'll be home and mm. new year's as well yeah. <laughs> oh, depends okay. on when depends on when you arrive gotcha okay we were just right, right before christmas i don't know you're leaving the 24th i'm I, leaving I, the 22nd oh okay we're it's the day yeah. we get there right yes yeah, so we could actually yeah we're it's right yeah it's right outside of that so that's still <laughs> still though that's wild i mean we we go there frequently rika so i mean it's just you know it's where a lot of grew up yeah. um so that's cool that is really cool yeah, yeah. That's so you're awesome. just coming for a week yeah we just yeah, come for just nine for days my... because of our school like school we're schedule. yeah we have school and then we oh. have we yeah. wanted to get home just a few days before we start school because it's always you know stressful to travel and we wanted to have at least two full days to recover and get ready for school yeah. again so that's why we're coming only for a short time but um <clears throat> it's absolutely i'm i'm so excited to see everyone and go to the yeah uh, christmas market and yeah. stuff and you're going you're getting ready for the christmas market tonight aren't you yes i'll be going in an hour nice oh yay nice. that's so cool which one are you going to uh the one at the rv galender I've, oh, I've never been to that one. That's near Warsawa Straße, where well, old Jim used oh, to be yeah. in that um, in that big shopping mall. Yeah, what was that? What is that mall? Eastside Mall. Never, yeah, so we've never been to that um, part yeah. of the town. Really, we've never been to the Christmas. I market. haven't either. <laughs> yeah, it's a very yeah. popular area, so, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I just it's the first one I'm going to here, actually. My first Christmas market oh, cool. Well, you have to let us know how it goes because that was that'll be that's so cool. It's it's so daggone cool to talk to people who've just I know tread the same streets, you know. And I've I've I now like crazy for me, Rika, to have grown up here in Ohio and not ever have thought about those neighborhoods and and the cities there. I mean, you know, you read about them in books and stuff, and you see them on the maps and whatnot. But then to go there and to walk around the yeah. streets and to meet people and it's just it's amazing. Uh, my life has just the last several years has been so wild. It's I never thought. Just a little bit. <laughs> changed just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, um, yeah. I mean, all we have to say is like, have fun at the Christmas market. Uh, drink some Glühwein for us and eat yes. um, eat some, um, oh, what do you call them? Candied almonds, candied. Yeah. Oh yeah, all those candied, in, in, in all those candied uh, nuts or whatever they are, like the yeah, right the yeah, those are so, yeah. So Keep on to Monday. Yeah, eat some for us. <laughs> yeah, have fun for sure. I will. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was so cool to meet you. And like I said, talk to you and just really connect to someone from Germany, from Berlin. That's that's it's just amazing how how many cool people we get to meet. <laughs> yeah, and Rika, we might uh, we'll also, if you're cool with it, just uh for some of our listeners, um, you know, who hear you on the podcast and stuff, we can throw if you're cool with it we'll throw your social media link down in the description and everything if people want to come just more potter friends yeah. you know to chat with and hang yeah. out with of course yeah but it's there. i only post like personal stuff but always happy to chat yeah i yeah. think you, you really like give fun updates on just you know how, li how your life's going uh can you remind me what's your instagram handle again it's rikshi <laughs> very german it's r-i-k-s-c-h-i yeah 
Rikchi. <laughs> so cute. cool. So yeah, if you um want to keep up with Rika and her life, then go up, like give we her do. a follow, and <laughs> she posts a lot, even like lots of um Potter related stuff, and yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, Rika, thanks so much. Um, we are going to, if I can find the doc, where is it at? See, I almost drifted into the voice. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it was close. It was close. All righty, friends. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you for tuning in to Shell Cottage Radio 94.7 COZY. We hope you'll join us in the future for the rest of 2024, please. <laughs> Uh, we thoroughly enjoy meeting new positive Potter people that don't behave like battling bubbling bands of a boat. Like Rika. She's one of those people. <laughs> um, if you don't want to miss out on the next episode, then be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review and follow over on social media at Fleur and Bill. And if you truly enjoy our content, consider supporting our growing wizarding family on Patreon or Apple Premium. You'll find all the links down below. Thanks so much to all our current patrons. We appreciate you. To Luna and back. On our next reread episode, we will continue our journey through Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban with Chapter 17, Cat, Rat, and Dog. So make sure to tune back in next time, and until then, have a great rest of your week. Thanks for joining us in our Shell Cottage today. We know it's not much, but it's home. Also, by the way, that will be cat, rat, dog, badger, raven, toad. Who else is in there? Wolf. Wolf. Where? Where is he at? (laughs) Okay. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.